Well, I want to share today again on uh, calling this Goals for a New Year Part 2. But it's going to be a little bit different. I'm not just talking about you setting goals. But I am believing God for uh, you to be challenged to think about being the best person that you can be, growing into all that God has for you. You know, we can all uh, just coast along through life, you know. I think I said it uh, Tuesday night. I said, you know, you can, if you aim at nothing, you hit it every time. And so we need to have a, a, a plan of where we want to go. You know, we ought to ask ourselves a simple question of where do I want to be in a year? You know, where, where do I want to be? I can guarantee you that, that you become what you look forward to, what you talk about, what you dream about. Those things set out there in front of you, they will motivate you and drive you. And you know, sometimes you, you don't even realize that you're following that dream that's on the inside or that, that goal that you've set. Maybe it's a, a very, uh, maybe just a, a, a something that you haven't put into a, something that's tangible, but all of a sudden you realize, you know, I've been talking about that. I've been doing that. You know, uh, something about, there's something about setting goals. Well, I've been reading again for the second. I've been go, I go into this book every every so many years. But um, in a pit with a lion on a snowy day by Mark Batterson. If you love motivational books, books, and you want to be challenged uh, to dream dreams and and live big, uh, get this book. It's worth every penny. Uh, this this Mark Batterson's a phenomenal author. If you've never, uh, he he pastors a church in Washington D.C. And you got to be pretty gutsy, and you got to be somebody uh, with some with some uh, uh, sand to to go to Washington D.C. and try to raise up a church out of out of nothing. Uh, but uh, he he is a great author and, and somebody that I I read I've got a lot of his books, but this book in particular is one that is just great and and is a challenge. I, I want to read a, just a, a little piece of this out of out of. Uh, and, and I told Jason, I said, I got so much in me that I'm going to have a hard time narrowing everything down uh, today into, into this message. But he talks about his boys in, in, in this, uh, at the end of this book, and he, he says, we've all got a chasing gene. We're not chasing gene, right? We're chasing, we've got a chasing gene. Okay, another terrible joke, but, you know, you all get it. He didn't say that. That's me, okay? I won't blame him for that poor joke. But here's the thing. He, st he said they were walking one day through uh, some park and there were some deer that the kids saw. And they were off in the woods, these deer off in the woods, and the, the kids spent the next hour or two chasing those deer, trying to, trying to catch those deer. And he used that as, a, as, a, as an example. He said, my kids love chasing butterflies. They love chasing rabbits. They love chasing their dad. They love chasing each other. He's got three kids. It's almost like we were born with a chasing gene. It's part of our DNA. We need something to chase. We may grow up, grow up and stop chasing butterflies, but we still need something to chase. Some guys chase girls. Girls chase guys. We chase academics. We chase athletics. We chase artistic goals. We chase degrees. We chase positions. I believe that God created us to chase lions. But, uh, but too often, the chase ends in a miscarriage uh, or a misdirection. To stop chasing, we stop chasing. Or we chase the wrong things that lead us down the wrong path. 
Maybe it's time to start chasing God again. Maybe it's time to seize the God-ordained opportunities. Maybe it's time to unleash the lion chaser within you, chase the lion. And, of course, he spent all this time talking about this this, uh, obscure story of this one of David's mighty men that chased a lion. It fell into a pit. He jumped in with the lion, and he killed it. Now, we have to be willing to, to chase something because, and, and I believe I, when I read that this morning, I had, to, I had to start with that because I believe that God puts within us dreams to chase. Now, some are bigger than others. Some are things that, that are, are simply just desires or, or a small thing. But when we allow and if we will make our goal, I love what he said, chasing God. You know, I've heard it said that the way to stay happily married is continue to chase your mate. I keep chasing, you know, we keep after that. You don't ever stop. I think the same way as with our goal is it, it goals and dreams. We need to set something before us and we need to we need to put on the uh, the chase. You know, I don't want you to just have a New Year's resolution. I want you to have a goal or a dream that will bring revolution to your life. It will cause you to want to do some things different. And when we begin to just pursue God and just say, God, I I want the best that you have for me, that's a powerful, powerful thing. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 16. And uh, we'll, we'll touch on these couple of verses, and then I want to get to these others. Proverbs chapter 16, verse, verse 9, we read this last week. He says, We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. You know, I challenged you to not just expect God to order your steps, but to pursue God so that you know what those steps are and that your will and your plans are are aligned with them. I, I say it like this. God's got that step out there, and you're sometimes determined you're going to go here. When God said step here, it's I don't see that as, as God forcing us to take that step. It's He lays it out, and will we, will we follow it? Will we go for it? You know, one of the things that... that, that uh, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let's, let's go back up to verse... Verse 3, it says, Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. I love that. It's, it's just like Psalms 37, verse 4 that says, if you can put that, uh, that one up there as well, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord and He'll delight, take delight in the Lord and He'll give you your heart's desire. That's Psalms 37, 4. That ought to be, if that becomes our goal, the thing we chase, God, I want my desires and your desires to align. That's what that's meaning. It doesn't mean that God will just give you everything you want. It means God begins to put in you the right desire. I'll tell you what, I don't like wasting time. I, I've got, in fact, in my, in my the, 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 our, our great room that... Sue gave me as my man cave, I guess. I, she, she finally, after all these years, all the kids are gone. Now, I, now we got so many rooms, I guess, that, that she can have, you know, she's always had all the decor, most all the decorations, decorating them, you know. So she let me kind of make the man cave out of this one. So we, well, I got deer skulls and deer, you know, cat, big old, I got a big old longhorn steer that was one of the cows we had that 
that died and we, we cleaned it up. You know, I got that stuff up. I've got old. Anyway, it's pretty cool. But one sign I put up there was time wasted. Time enjoyed wasting is not wasted time. And, and I needed that because I'm so or hard on myself about wasting time that I have a hard time relaxing. I have a hard time not, you know, doing things. So there's times whenever I need to be able to just waste some time, just relax. But time enjoyed wasting is not wasted time. And so, so I began to think about it that way. And, but my desire is to, to be yielded to God. And it's, it's been that way for, for a long time. And I don't want that to ever stop. I told you last week, my, my goal is to please God all the days of my life to fulfill the call of God all the days of my, till my last breath. So I'm going to commit my actions to the Lord and see them succeed because God work, works with us to cause us to, to succeed. Verse, verse 2 says, People may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. I'm in, back in Proverbs 16, so verse 2. People may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. You know, one of the values of, of communion is that we have an opportunity to analyze our life. We have an opportunity to pause for a moment and say, okay, God, reflect a little bit. Okay, God, maybe my motives are not right. Maybe this isn't right. And that's what it's about. It's an opportunity for us to come clean before God and receive the cleansing power of His blood. We ought to do that in all of our plans. Because here's the thing. If, if, we, if our motives are wrong and our plans... We can, we can make stuff up. We can say, oh, yeah, boy, I want to I make that extra you know, money just so I can really help somebody or help the church or do this or that. Well, you, I may believe that because you said it, but God knows whether or not it's the truth. And, and I use that as an example because a lot of times we justify things that we're doing. Oh, I'm just spending time with the family, or I'm just doing this, or I'm just doing that. All those things are good. None of those are wrong. But God knows what the real true heart is, so allow Him to shape and mold our heart. So I talked about last week, or I introduced the, these, these uh, four points of steps to reaching your goals, and, and it, it was starting with prayer, understanding, God, this is where we got to go as we begin to plan. I pray that, you're, that you, as you think about goals and setting some things up for uh, the, the coming year, your number one uh, begin, beginning point is in prayer, saying, God, help me to set some goals that are good and that godly and that you desire for me. God will begin to do that. You say, well, I don't know if I can hear God. Well, if you get into a time of prayer and you begin to say, God, I want to plan for, for 2024. I want, to, I want to hear what you would have me to do. I want, to, I want my plans and your, our plans to align. You may not hear an audible voice. The rooftop may not open up and the light comes shining down. An angel singing. But I bet you have a thought. And that thought will come and you can write that down. And that, that idea will come. And then you can set on that. And if you'll set on that a little bit and let, and then I always ask God, confirm that with Scripture. Show me that in Scripture. And, and here's the thing. You may not be such a, per, a person that, that does a lot of goal setting. Not everybody does that. But we can all 
put something out there in front of us to motivate us to be better at. Help, Lord, help me to be more caring. Help me to be, have, have, be a better listener. God, help me to be more patient. Oh, we don't want to ask for patience. He'll give you all these. Oh, yeah, you do. Get that thought out of your head. That's silly. You want patience. Ask for it. If God gives you something that's going to test your patience, rejoice. <laughs> that's what he says over in James. When you face trials, rejoice because it's creating something in you. Anyway, that's a whole other side. That's a whole other sermon. But God will begin to give us a foundation of Scripture. In Habakkuk 2.2, you know, it says to, to take that vision and write it down, make it plain. Habakkuk 2.2, he talks about that, and, and we talked about that last week. We'll talk about it a little bit here. But just my challenge is, is, that, and, and the, is to write it down so that it is plain. Let me ask you something. Is your goal, is your vision, is your desire able to be communicated easily. That's why I simplified, uh, uh, you know, some of the, the, the vision statements and, and the things that we want to do and be as a church. What I want to be is I want to connect people to God and to each other. Simple. It's easy to connect. It's easy to understand. You know, sometimes we make things, we make things so big and difficult, we can't even really communicate it. But the more clear it becomes, the more we can communicate it. Here's what, ha here's what happens. It paints a picture or an image of the, on the inside of you. That's why that vision board is so, is so powerful. If you, if you decide to do that and, and you go to a, uh, you have something that you want to do or, or be better about, you know, getting a picture of Jesus and putting it up there and saying, I want to be, like, be more like that guy who is the Son of God, but he was when he was walking this earth as a man, I want to be more, more like him. You say, oh, I'll fall short of that. You will, but isn't it good to be headed in the right direction? Isn't it good to be better? I tell you what, it's, a, it's an amazing life when we, when we just yield ourselves over to God. Uh, the other thing is, is we got to do is, is we got to stay committed, and this was the fourth thing where I ended last week, We've got to stay committed to it, and so keep it ever before you. When you set a goal, when you set a, a desire, I, I set a goal of, of being out of debt. Set a goal of being, you know, this or that. Set, set that goal, but always bringing God into the equation and making our number one goal above everything else is, God, I want to honor you in all that I do. See, that'll, that'll prevent you from doing it alone. It'll also, it'll also keep God's blessing at work in your life. Jared and I were having this conversation about how I think sometimes people limit what God's doing in their life because they don't just continually follow God's plan and, and walk yielded to Him. God's, God's looking to bless us. And His blessing is on His Word and, his, and, and on His children who are following His Word. We see it all the way through the Scripture. We see, we see where when people reject God and are unwilling to allow Him to shape and mold and, 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 and shift and change in our lives, when we're unwilling to, to just yield to Him, we, we block that blessing that God's at work to put on our lives. You know, um, let's turn to, uh, let's turn over to, or 
Yeah, let's go to uh, Ecclesiastes 11. If you can't find it, or, or if you're not sure where Ecclesiastes is, go to Psalms and Proverbs. You can find those, and then just keep going right, to the right. You know, one of the ways that, that God begins to work in our lives is, is, or He is at work, I should say, in our lives, whether we realize it or not. Sometimes we won't realize it. You ever have something just suddenly happen, and, and you think, wow, that's cool. It just, all of a sudden, the answer came. All of a sudden, that just happened. You didn't see it, but God was at work all the time. Now, here's what I mean by us limiting what God's doing. In, we don't limit God, but we can limit what God does in our lives. It said of the children of Israel when they, come, when they were walk, wait, going through the wilderness that they, they frustrated God. They limited the Holy One of Israel because they shut Him off. They disobeyed. They rejected Him. They said everything wrong. They complained and they griped. They lived at the complaint counter. Let's stone Moses. I don't like this bread. I want water. I want this. I want that. They were at the, in the constant mode of complaining. But in doing that, they were also rejecting God. And because of that, they, they limited what God could do because God was not going to heap blessing on the stiff-necked, hard-headed, rebellious, disobedient children of God. Now, those are some pretty strong words. But, and, you know, here's the thing. We all have those characteristics in us in some form or another. Rebellion is, is it, it's, it's there. Ask every kid, what are the first, what are, what's one of the first words they know or learn is no and mind. You know, they, they figure out real quick, you know, and especially if they got siblings and, and you know, they're, they're, they're trying to fight for, fight, fight for this and fight for that. You know, we have that nature in us, but we also then have the Spirit of God in us that causes us to set that, those things aside. And we can yield to God. You, you, could, you can't ever say, I just can't. In my mind, I always go to the Word of God that says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can't in and of myself, but I am not alone if I have my God on, uh, God on my side, and we do. Ecclesiastes 11 Verse 1, I love this, uh, found these verses uh, really powerful. Hadn't read this in a long time. But it says, send your grain across the seas, and in time, prophets will flow back to you. King James says, cast your bread upon the water, and in many days they'll return. You know, here's the thing. Send your grain across the seas. What's he saying? Be generous. Give. When we talk about the offering, we're not just trying to generate income for the church. We're trying to get the blessing of God on you. When we live by God's ways, by His means, we're going we're to see a return. He says, but divide your investments among many places, for you do not know what risks might lie ahead. So that's just a... That's just wisdom. Be, be diversified. That's an agriculture. That's what we like to do. I've done that before where I've, where I've had all my everything in one place and then I began to split out and diversify. I had, I had income. You had good wheat crop one year. Or you have good calf crop another year. You got this or that. 
But being diversified can, be, can help those things. But verse 3, I love this. He says, when the clouds are heavy, rain, the, the rain comes down. Whether a tree falls north or south, it stays where it falls. But look at verse 4, 5, and 6. A farmer who waits for perfect weather never plants. If they watch every cloud, they'll never harvest. Just as you can't understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, so you cannot understand the activity of God who, do, who does all things. Plant your seeds in the morning and keep busy all afternoon for you don't know if your profit will come from one activity or another or maybe both. I love how simple that is out of the New Living Translation, but notice he said, verse 4, farmers who wait on the perfect weather will never plant. Sometimes you just got to go. Sometimes you sow it in dust. Sometimes it's, it's you're, 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 you're hoping that you get that rain. But here's the thing. I wrote in my Bible, the most certain thing is that nothing in life is absolutely certain except God. Being willing to fail is a prerequisite of success. You know, there isn't any amount of planning that will prevent every problem. You're, you'll always encounter roadblocks and surprises. Sometimes you have to just jump in and be willing to chase your dreams. Man, I tell you what, there's been times whenever, you know, I plan. I, I'm a, I like to plan. I like to... I like to research. I like to find out the best way to do things. But there comes a time, sometimes you just got to jump. Sometimes you just got to go. Sometimes you just got to do it. Because there's never going to be everything perfectly aligned in every situation. Sometimes you just got to do it. And here's what's wonderful is when God is involved in our plans, even when we make a mistake, He doesn't leave us. Jared pulled up the, the, the thought of buying that pick, getting in a hurry, buying that boy, I, I, can, I guarantee you I've done that. And then said, oh, that stinking payment. I hate this thing. We've bought a house. We've done, we've done a lot of things. Bought a, I, I told the story of buying all the red Angus heifers, you know, got up there and was going to buy about 30 and got up there and they were so pretty and he had 200 and I called the bank and then we could just do 90 instead of 30 and it was like a big check and a bad decision, and a four-year process to get out of that hole. <laughs> but you know what? God, God didn't leave me because I made a mistake. And I learned something through that. I learned a lot. But here's the thing. When we fail or when we, when we risk and when we fail, God doesn't leave us. We just keep plowing. We just keep working. We just keep sowing our seed Keep casting our bread upon the water, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to come back. When God's with us, when God's in, in, involved in our life, we got to be willing to fail in order to have success. There's always risk on the back of this book. It says, what if, what if the life you really want and the future God wants for you is hiding right now in your biggest problem your worst failure, and your greatest fear. I, I can tell you there's been some times whenever we, we made moves, did things that I didn't know 
how we were going to do it other than I knew God was in it. <laughs> I, 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 there, was, there were several times where it was like, man, I, I have no clue God, except that God. And fortunately, I had a wife who was willing to, to stand with me in those times. But you know, that's what helps us stay committed to what God lays out for us. You know, you may feel frustrated at times with where you're at. Not everybody in here. That doesn't fit everybody. But, but some of you may, you, you may question, you know, man, I'd like to have this. I'd like to have that. I'd like to do things different. Well, here's what, here's what uh, begins. If we have a heart for God and we make our goal to chase God first, then we allow Him to align everything else. And when we trust Him, we can literally take everything, dreams, goals, plans, stuff, and lay it on the altar. Just in your mind, maybe list it out. I've done this before. Listed everything out that I felt like was, was something that might be hindering me or might be, might be holding me back, might be uh, so valuable that you know, I told God when we came into, into ministry, God, I'm not letting anything keep me from being where I need to be with you. No set of corrals, no land, no houses, nothing. Now, fortunately, you know, I mean, anyway, we trusted God. What was amazing was is, is as we saw those things, or as we laid those things up before God, most of those things came back. Some of those things we, we gave some of these things, some of those things we gave up. And as we gave those things up, you know, here's what, here's what I had to realize is that because God brought it in the first place or, or everything I want coming into my life is from God, I'm not worried about whether or not I lose. Because anything we give to God and God takes, He's going to multiply it back to us or He's, going to, or he's preventing something that's bad. And, and He brings it back in so much more blessing. You see, uh, we can't, all education, study, research can't replace real world experience. And sometimes what we have to go through is the experience of life to prepare us to receive and walk in what God's, God has for us. One of the best schools of learning is a school of hard knocks. This will shape you into the person you need to be for your plans to succeed. I'm going to tell you what, how you react to a problem how you, how you, you know, get the 1,000-pound steer out of the deer blind when you have no clue how to do it. Well, how, you, how, you, how you accomplish these, these tasks, these things that are before you. I want us to look at, uh, in closing, to Philippians chapter 2. I read this on Friday, Thursday or Friday, in my morning Bible study on, on High Call Facebook, and some of you may have caught this, may not have, but this stirred me so much. Because when we get God's plans and dreams for our lives, maybe it's just a plan to just walk pleasing to Him. Maybe it's to get over fear. Maybe it's to make better choices and decisions. Maybe it's, 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 it's sin. Maybe it's, maybe it's a dream of, you know, writing a book or doing, doing something great. Here's the thing. When we leave it in God's hands, it's not all up to us to get it done. We let Him bring it to pass. Our goal is to just stay in step with Him. He says in verse 12, Philippians 2, 12, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I'm away, it is even more important. 
Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. So he challenges them. He says, look, I want you to follow my instructions, but do it in the fear of the Lord. In other words, following God, submitting to Him. But in verse 13, this is what I wanted to get to. He says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Man, I, I tell you, that just stands out to me. For God is working in you. If you're submitted to Him, if you're, if you're, if you're putting that, that all that you have out before Him, He says He's at work in you. He's working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. See, here's the thing. That's, that, that's aligning those desires. He'll, he'll cause you to do things that are pleasing, but He also gives you the power to get it done as well. Man, I love that. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Had a great lesson on that. So that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like a bright light in the world, full of, uh, world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. And we'll just stop right there. You know, as I close, if you've never read the story of Joseph out of Genesis, Go to Genesis, don't turn there, but Genesis 37 through 50. The last books is about the story of Joseph's life. Joseph's story is a tragic storyline, but he remained faithful to the vision that he received. As a teenager, his brothers sold him into slavery, and it looked like all was lost. But in chapter 39, he rose from that, to be put in charge of running Potiphar's business affairs, all of Potiphar's house. Potiphar was the, the Pharaoh's, uh, one of his, his right-hand men. Potiphar's wife decided he was awfully good-looking and so decided he was gonna, she wanted to sleep with him, and he wouldn't do it, so she, she uh, accused him of rape. So he went to prison for 13 years. And from the dungeon... God didn't quit working in his life. 13 years he had to wait. He said, man, I don't know if I can wait on that. We don't always have to wait 13 years to see God do some things. Sometimes he takes 30 years. Sometimes it's six months. But here's what I'm learning. The older I get, God has shown me this more and more over the last several years, how as long as we're in step with God, He's always at work to put us in the place we need to be. He is absolutely at work. I forgot about this. I need to... Mark says this in his, in his book on page 168. He says, I referenced in the beginning as one of my core convictions, God is in the business of strategically positioning us in the right place at the right time. Now think about that. That isn't just good, good theory... It's reality. I have an unshakable sense of destiny because I know that as long as I am pursuing God's call on my life, then God is ultimately responsible for getting me where He wants me to go. I've got on the back of my notes, and if you want it, you can, you can have it. There's a, a, a Lion Chaser's Manifesto that he has in this book, and it's, it's 
it's outstanding. You know, here's the thing. If we trust God, it's easy to surrender to Him. And it's easy to, to sit back and just trust Him. But you won't be able to just sit back. You'll start pursuing Him. And you'll start chasing Him like, like uh, the David's mighty man chased that lion. And it won't matter how big the lion is. You, you won't see it as a, as a 700-pound problem. You see it as an opportunity. It developed because of what he did. It developed a resume that put him as one of David's mighty men serving the king of Israel. That resume built him, it gave him, in other words, the, the experience. It shaped his life. It put him in the position to be able to do conquer anything. It wasn't any big deal to, to go against something big because God was with him. Little by little, we see more and more. Begin with small stuff. Start believing God to, to guide and direct you. Start being obedient in the small things and, and just watch it build. And you develop that trust. You develop that confidence. You develop that understanding of how God works in our lives. And you'll start to see God putting you in the right place at the right time. And all of a sudden you'll go, wow, didn't even, didn't even plan it. And here I am in this business. Didn't, didn't plan it. And here I am in this on this career path. I didn't plan it, but here I am with, with this situation in my life. When we're surrendering to God. He's at work all the time, sometimes behind the scenes, sometimes hidden from you. And that's best because if He let us know a lot of this stuff, we'd mess it up. We, we wouldn't be able to wait. We'd run out ahead of Him. We do that anyway. I do anyway. But I guarantee you, my pursuit is to stay in step with God. God, don't ever let me hold back when I need to be pushing forward. Don't let me get ahead of you either. God, God brings that together. Let's stand. and I just challenge you to... You know, writing a few things down... It's pretty fun to go back years later and look and see God bringing things together. But starting there, just asking God, what should I make as a goal for 2024? Let's pray. Father, we just come before you. I thank you, Lord, that you're good to us. You love us. That, Lord, in this, in this message today, there's, there's so many things that we could go to. But Father, I pray that it's a, it's a word that just stirs those that desire to to walk a, a greater life with you. Lord, you've, we've, we've got entrepreneurs in this, in this room. We've got business owners. We've got CEOs and bosses. We've got landowners and farmers. We've got retired folk. We've got people for that, that are in all different types of positions, even some young adults that are just beginning their lives. We've got teenagers. We've got kids. We've got all different ages. Father, you have mighty things for all of us to do. And Lord, part of that is that we do it together as part of this church. Father, I thank you and I praise you that you, you're, you're causing your will, your plan, your purpose for each of us individually to, to walk in your blessing. 
Father, that spills over into the blessing of our church family and, and the church as a whole. And so, Lord, we just I just stand in, in prayer and agreement with everyone who chases those dreams and those goals and pursues you. That God, I thank you and I praise you that you'll show up big in their lives. And Lord, we'll be quick to give you all the praise and the glory for it in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, as we close, if there's anybody within the sound of my voice who needs to make Jesus Christ Lord of their lives, that's the beginning point. We simply say, God, I receive what Jesus did on the cross. I believe that he died for my sins and was raised again. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, be my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart, come into my life. I thank you, Father God, that you give us that way to salvation. And then by us following you in word and in deed, we walk that out. I praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.